listening to Best of the Nest. SCSU podcast by students for students. My name is Jason. And I'm Maddie. And today we're joined with Megan to talk about applying to colleges. Hi, Megan. Hello. Hello. Can you introduce yourself just a little bit? Yeah. Um, I'm Megan Onesco. I'm a third year now, actually. Just finished my second year. Old. Um, <laughs> um, I'm a secondary education social studies major with a history for teacher certification minor. Um, I'm from Lake Orion, Michigan, if anyone knows where that's at. That's over by uh, Great Lakes Crossing Mall. So, yeah. Awesome, and thank you for joining us today. So we're just going to talk about applying to college. That seems to be a very scary topic for these high school seniors or about to be seniors. So we just want to give a little bit of information about what they can expect. So the first question, what makes you qualified to talk about applications? Uh, well, I am the student supervisor for telerecruiting and a tour guide here. So what does telerecruiting do? I know you message a bunch of students. How does that apply to applications? And So in telerecruiting, we call and text uh, potential students that are in high school still. Um, and we just give them information about like how to apply, where it's at, um, and like scholarships and stuff like that. I love my boss. Thank you. Megan is Jason's boss in telerecruiting. So you get a lot of questions about applications, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Hopefully this episode will help mitigate some of those questions. So when is the best time to apply to schools? Um, well, there is no wrong time to apply. I feel like the best time to apply is during the summer going into your senior year in high school, personally. Uh, that's when I did most of mine. And into the fall, that's when I feel is the best. I, I agree with that. I always, I start applying to many of my schools during the summer as well. It depends on what schools you are looking at, though. If you're looking like really like Ivy League type schools, like giant, giant, like overwhelming schools like that, you might want to start looking at applications a little earlier. I know that a lot of schools in the earlier months will give free applications. So I would apply during then, but it is okay to apply at any time as soon as you make a decision like, okay, well, this is one of the schools that I'm thinking about. I typically tell people to apply as soon as they think that, okay, this is a great option for me. So there's never a wrong time and there's never a right time. So just make sure you apply when you feel it's right. Yeah, I think even if you don't know what schools you want to go to, you can still apply. My favorite saying is apply in July for a lot of reasons. The first being that a lot of schools that maybe have a $100 application free fee in July are usually free. So I know I applied to quite a few schools who I would have had to pay $100, $200 for. And I applied for free in July. And starting August, you get charged. Also, the applications open in July, and not a lot of students apply. So if you apply, you're more likely to get your application reviewed faster than if you apply, say, in September or October when 80% of those high school seniors are applying. And I always think the earlier you apply, the more you know your options. I know people are like, whatever school is my safe option, it's my backup choice, and then they don't get into it, and they waited to apply until, like, October, November, and then – they're in this like dead zone where they don't know where to apply or what their options even are because they thought for sure they'd get into that school. So I think it's apply as soon as you possibly can. If you know how to send your transcripts, that's the way to do it. So Megan, how does applying early benefit a student? Well, at SVSU, there is, I don't want to say there isn't an early benefit, but we don't offer like 
early admission kind of stuff. It's more so when you apply, you find out. Um, but other colleges, you can do like early admissions depending on when you apply. So it varies with the school that you're applying to. Okay. Yeah, I say applying early benefits everyone, even at SVCU, at least then you know this is the amount of money I can get in academic-based scholarships. Yeah. But, and again, then you know your options. But applying early also for some bigger schools, I know, like, come October or November, they no longer hand out academic scholarships because they've already filled as many as they could give out. Mm -hmm. For us, until you graduate and you get that GPA that's worth that academic scholarship, you can get a scholarship. But for some, especially bigger universities where they can't give out as many scholarships, if you apply early, you're more likely to get that scholarship than, say, after October or November. So I always say, like, then at least you know your options. My other thing for applying early is just, again, you usually there's a quicker turnaround. And I don't know about you guys, but I hated the wait of, like, even a week to get my decision, even to schools that I really thought I was going to get into, it's just like this nerve-wracking thing of like, what if I don't get into it? Or you're trying to like get into an Ivy League. I know I applied to a few of those, and it's like really nerving because you don't know if you're going to get in. So I always say like, the earlier you apply, the sooner you'll know, and that's helpful for me. Yeah. Um, my family didn't have like a lot of money when I was a kid. So when I was going to college, when I was trying to make my college decision, it was all based on like, okay, what school can give me the most amount of money so I don't have to pay it back? So if it wasn't for football or like scholarships like that, I wouldn't have had like a college option in general. So like applying early can help a lot of students that doesn't have like a lot of money say, okay, well, these schools can give me this amount of money. This school can give me this amount of money. A school A can give me 27,000. School B can give me 20,000. Well, okay, well, how does that $27,000 look? Is it a private school or is it a public school? It all depends on what type of college it is. So you need to apply early, I'd say, to make sure that you have enough money options. Say, okay, well, I can benefit my college career here versus here. And you have such a long time now to make that decision versus trying to make that decision later. It will benefit you, not only you, but your family as well. Your parents are going to be happy about that. Your grandparents are going to be happy about that. So your brothers may and sisters may be happy about that because they can go to college now at a different college. So it all depends on trying to get that money early to make a decision that will financially benefit you and your family, really. I really liked how you talked about parents feeling more calm. I know my parents were very happy that I was done applying to schools by August because then they were like, okay, these are her options. At least we know. And at least we know they're going to get in. I know one of my friends didn't apply until like November, December, and she is very smart. She definitely could have gotten into most colleges, but I remember her mom's face being like, would you just apply? I can't take it anymore. And so it does, you put some stress on your parents making these big kid choices. So keep them in mind when you're doing these. Don't wait till the last minute. You might give them a heart attack. So Megan, we've heard a lot about committing to colleges, do applications mean commitment? How does that work? Applying does not mean commitment. Well, it might seem like that because I was one to think that once you applied and got accepted, that was your way of committing to the college. I learned that that was not the way, actually. Applying just means that you're applying to see if you can get into their school and scholarships that you're going to get. You don't fully commit until you um, you don't fully commit until you register for orientation for most schools. I agree with that. It's never a commitment until you sign up for orientation. Um, I know 
when I was in high school, I'm not going to specify what school, but a school came to my high school and said, hey, um, we really like you for athletics. I just want you to put your name on this paper, put down your SAT score and put down your email address. I said, okay, cool. Get a letter in the mail the next day. Hey, by the way, you got accepted into such and school school. I'm like, I don't think that's how that works. But it doesn't mean that you're committed there. I was committed to another school. That's because I was doing it for athletics and I signed a national letter of intent to commit to that school. So it never means commitment until you say, okay, I am dead set going here. You sign up for orientation. You go the whole nine, but if you apply and get accepted, you're just outlaying your options. You're not really saying this is exactly what I want to do. Yeah, I think you made a really good point about your letter of intent. Some colleges, you don't sign up for orientation. My sister, her first college she went to was Aquinas, and all freshmen did orientation like the weekend you moved in, so you didn't sign up for it. So instead, there was like another letter you would sign saying like, this is where I'm going. So while maybe 90 plus percent say once you sign up for orientation, you've committed, there's still a small percentage where either you're an athlete and you sign a letter of intent or it's a school that's a little weird and you sign like a paper saying, yes, this is where I'm going. But 99% of the time until you sign that paper, you sign up for registration, you are not committed. However, there is one tiny stipulation. Some universities do early decision. So if you really know you want to go there and you apply, I know I was looking at MSU and they had two applications and one was just like application and one was early decision. And they did early decisions first. That's what the admissions office told me. But early decision is you apply, and if you get accepted, you're committed. And then early application is just the normal application. And they did a very good job of labeling that. So don't be nervous that that happens all the time. But if you see two application options, early decision usually means you apply. If you get accepted, you're committed. And early action, which is the other term, is just you applied early, which would be like, in July or August, but that is very rare. I've only heard of two schools in Michigan doing that, but it's happened. And I know some people get confused because their admissions rep will come to their high school and they'll be like, it said commitment. Early decision means this, and then they're afraid to apply because they don't know which one's which. It's, I would say it's labeled very well, so don't be nervous to apply. And if you're confused, call their admissions office and ask. I know our front desk worker, Kathy, and our student workers, they're so nice. They will just tell you. We don't have that, so don't have to call that for us. But if you call an admissions office with a question, they usually know. This is why you read the terms and conditions before you sign up for anything. <laughs> Very so true. Start reading those kids. I, I promise you, you're going to get, you're going to sign up for something you didn't want. So Megan, I want to ask you this. How do, I know we talked about applications a lot. So like, how do applications actually work? Applications are not as scary as you think, first off. So when you apply to a college, it's obviously going to ask you for the most basic thing in the world, your name, date of birth, where you're from, all that kind of fun stuff. But then it's more so like you put in your GPA if the school is asking for like test scores, so like your SAT or ACT scores. Um, I know some colleges are test optional now like we are, but always send those in anyways. But for SVSU, uh, first off, go to svsu.edu slash apply to apply to SVSU. So <laughs> shout out to us there. Good yeah, definitely. Out. Definitely not a plug. She is uh, the cardinal. <laughs> um, but for SVSU, at least you are going to apply online. 
you're going to submit your transcript, your high school transcript for your first six semesters to your junior year, because obviously you're probably not in your senior year yet, but submit your transcript, whether that is through parchment or uh, like your high school sends it to us, um, just so we can look at your grades and your GPA. Um, also submit your SAT and ACT scores, at least for SVSU, we do not require, we are test optional, but submitting those scores can get you uh, out of classes like English 111 or Math 082. So you can miss those classes and start other classes. Uh, so when you apply, it'll only probably take you like maybe 10, 15, maybe even 20 minutes. Not that long or hard. It's fairly easy. Um, but there's like a turnaround rate of about like two weeks. So it's not horribly long. Um, so just look out for like an email from schools. At least for SVSU, we send out emails when there's a decision made and everything. So just keep checking those emails once you apply. I think the most important thing when you fill out your application, please know your social security number. Yes. Every university needs it. It's how we know you're actually a human. You need that in general. You also please should just know it. that. And that's how we link our FAFSA. So if you want government aid or... At, you could potentially get government aid, your social security number on your FAFSA and your application. That's how we match you. Also, I just want to remind people, Common App is also an application. We have our own application at svsu.edu forward slash apply. I personally did not use Common App because it was more work in my brain. It's really not, but in my brain, it was more work to do that and send it to different schools and just go on the school's website and apply. The other thing I like to point out is some applications, especially the later you wait, require a payment. And so some universities, there's not really any way to get out of it. They really like making their money on applications. However, a lot of universities will offer a code where if you went on a tour there or you call them, they can give you a code to apply for free. So that's one thing I do want to warn you guys for is sometimes you'll have you'll like apply to a school. SVSU is always free. We never make you pay. If it says you have to pay, you're on the wrong website. Please call us and we will redirect you. But some universities, there is a payment. And so don't be scared if it says pay or if you really can't afford it. Some universities is 20 bucks. Some is 100 plus. And I know $100 is a lot, especially for a high schooler. So if you can't afford it, make sure you call that admissions office or maybe your guidance counselor has the code and you can apply for free then, especially if you call admissions office. I had a friend who called and they just made their case of like, we cannot afford it, but I'm a great student and you would love to have me. And is there any way I can get it for free? And they got a free code. So it never hurts to ask. And why not? You could save a hundred bucks. If you go to SCSU and you have to pay like $75, get off of there because you're probably buying a fish off of eBay or something. But yeah. shout out to Joanna Zimbor. She was my um, guidance counselor in high school. And she is one of the sweetest um, ladies in the world because I had to, it was one of the days for like our senior projects, you had to apply all day to colleges. And I think I applied to 15 colleges in one day. Um, in like a span of three hours. Good for so you. It, it was really good because it was a part of like our senior seminar thing. So um, there was a lot of money there because all 15 were not cheap. SUSU was though because it was free. <laughs> but um, all my other schools weren't. So I asked her, say, hey, is there any way I can get like a um, 
get anything for it because I don't, I don't have the money to pay for this. And she said, oh, yeah, I have codes for some of these schools that if you want to apply to them, I can give you some of these codes so that way you don't have to pay for it. And that was really sweet for her to do because she knew that some students didn't have the money because that's a lot of money you got to pay for some some of these colleges. I know uh, Cornell, I believe, was one twenty five. I would say so it was that, that was a hefty price but um i think that's the most i paid for a college application but all the other ones i didn't really have to pay anything because she helped me out and i got in touch with some of the coaches and some of the admissions reps saying hey um i was told to apply here i wanted to apply here i really like this school is there any way i can get it for free they said oh yeah we got you so they're all sweet people they're all really nice people they want you to come there so they're not going to if you put up a good case, they're not going to say, ah, no money, but they're, they're not going to do that to you. So they really care about you. They're going to make sure that you can get the application in as soon as possible. Yeah. Uh, also, October is free application month for colleges. Uh, so if you're waiting or you cannot afford to uh, pay those payments when you apply to colleges, wait until October because some of them will have free applications. Um, I personally did wait until October to apply to some colleges because I did not want to pay their fees. So... I highly recommend that. It's spooky month. It's spooky yeah. month. Yeah. I know July, not every school is free, but a lot of them are free. But a lot of high school students, that's their beginning of summer and they forget. Mm -hmm. So October is a great time. Schools make a lot of money from you. If you go there, you are going to give them a lot of money. Don't give them an application money. There are ways to apply to almost every college for free, especially if you can't afford it. Do not let the fee scare you from applying to your dream school. Or even if you don't think you're going to get in, but you really want to see, don't let the fee scare you. A lot of universities will give it to you for free. It's just a let's see who will actually pay type of deal because they do make money off of it. So please, please, please do not let them scare you. So, Megan, we talked a lot about how they work. Let's just go over all the things they need to apply. So what things do students need to be able to apply to schools? Yeah. Um, so when you apply to colleges, obviously we, we kind of touched on this a little bit already, but definitely have your social security number. This is the best yes, time to please. start memorizing that. Um, I still struggle with that, but this is the great best time to start memorize now. that one because um, you're going to use that for a lot of things throughout college. But also your transcript from high school, like we said, parchment or your high school can send it into us or other schools, depending on what the schools use. Um, and then your SAT scores, ACT scores, make sure you send those in. Again, we are test optional, but you can get some classes waived so you don't have to take those. Yeah. And then a fee waiver code if you need it or wait until October for free application month. There you go. It's nine digits. Learn your social security number. Please learn your social Please. security it's number. Nine I went into four different high schools in the Bay Area this year with our boss Anderson. And I think I only met one kid who didn't have to call their mom in the middle of the day to know your social security number. Your mom has memorized probably four plus social security numbers. You can yep. memorize your one. The other thing I like to point out for testing we are test optional. A lot of schools have gone test optional. Thank you, COVID. They did something for us. Yep. However, if you are confused, we do not penalize people for their SAT score. So if you did not do really good, you can send it in. We won't mark you down at all. We won't make you take those remedial classes if you did pour in a section. However, some universities will, or they might take away some scholarship money. So make sure if you're if it's not us, because we will not penalize you, I promise you right now, I'll say it, 
in front of everyone on this podcast, or if they don't require it, you can always call and ask and be like, if I send this in, is it penalized or not? I don't know a list of any of the schools that do penalize, but I know they're out there. And I would really hate for you to go and send it in and then have to take a remedial class if you didn't have to already. But again, for us, if you do great on the math portion of the SAT, let's say, but your transcripts don't necessarily show that you were great in math, this could get you out of remedial math, potentially. I don't want to promise you anything there, but for a lot of students, if they do really good on whatever section of that test, they can get out of the remedial version, which is great because remedial versions of classes, you have to pay, but they don't technically count towards your degree yet. And so why might as well get out of it. Again, we're not throwing away money here. We want to save you all the pennies. So if you can remember your mom and pop's phone number, you can remember your social security number. I will I will die on this hill. I do not care. One thing that you will also need, and it's not tangible, it's intangible. Please have patience. Please. It's it's gonna be a process. I, I promise you that. It's not it's not it's a stressful process also. So just have patience in whatever you do. It's it's gonna be it's, you're about to go into a whole new step in your life and you're not ready for it yet. I promise you. you you're almost there, but you it's just one of those things that's just gonna smack you in the belly button and nobody's be like, let's go. Ever nobody's ever fully prepared for college. It's scary. You can do it, but you're never gonna be prepared. Know your social security number. We're going to say it nine 20 times. Also, pro tip. If you cannot memorize nine digits, put it in your phone. Create a contact because nobody checks people's contacts. Put your own information in, your name, your last name, so that you know it's fake contact. And then put your social security number in the phone number. It's short one number. But you will have your social security number there, and you do not have to call your mother I swear the amount of people who try and call their mother in the middle of the day because their high school makes them do the application is immense. It's awful. Your mom is usually working. Also, why should she memorize your social security number if you can't? So please, if you cannot memorize nine digits, put it in your phone. Or if you have one of those like locked notes things apps, put it in there too. I don't care where you put it, but learn your number. We're just going to say it 20 more times on this episode so that hopefully... One student actually learns their social I've asked security people, number. What engine is in your truck? And they can name it to the T. I'm like, all right, do you know your social security number? No. Now. Got here. Leave. <laughs> I don't want you here. Okay. Now we're off our tangent about social security numbers. So thanks for holding with us. Learn your number. So, Megan. Yes. Is SCSU on the Common App? We are. Um, obviously, you don't have to apply on the Common App. You can do it through our website. But we do have the common app um common app is used through a lot of colleges as well um but yeah we are on the common app i always say to people if applications really bug you or you are like i'm applying to one school because it takes too much time fill out the common app because there's so many schools on there that you really only apply one time and then you send it to the schools and so if that's you do it that way. I always apply directly from the website. That's just like a, I don't know, I'm really weird like that. Most people would not recommend that. But that way I was just like, okay, it's definitely going to get to the school. Also, the Common App sometimes has more questions because some universities ask for a short paragraph about yourself or something like that. Whereas like 
the school's websites, if they don't care about that question and they don't even get it on the Common App, you don't have to fill it out. So it's really up to you. But if you're one of those people, again, who's like, I hate applying. This takes up way too much time. Fill out the Common App. It'll save you your brain power. I used to hate. Well, I still hate writing essays. So writing those like page essays saying, okay, tell me about yourself and tell me about one time when you were defeated and how you overcame it. I'm like, all right, ah, this is going to be fun. But like little essays like that, like they, they're smart. They're really good essays, but sometimes you just don't want to write them. So just write one. You can change up something, change up a little thing about it, send it to another college, change up a little something about it, change to another college. You can't forge yourself. You can't, you can't. It's not plagiarism. You if can't, you you can't do that. Yeah. It's, it's your own paper. So you can't do that. So I'd say just write one essay, change it up a little bit, edit it a lot. Because that's to be the one that you're going to send to a lot of different colleges. So just keep that same one. That's why I like using the Common App. That is a great piece of advice for scholarships, too. Because for our private scholarships, at least, they ask the exact same questions on the general application. So I saved my answers to all of those questions in my Google Drive. And then I just go back in, add whatever's changed in the year. But then I'm not rewriting, like, seven essays. Also, for your scholarships in high school, if you are... You always have to write about yourself. That is like the most common theme of scholarships. And so sometimes, even if it's only a paragraph, you can take a paragraph from an essay you already wrote. So that doesn't necessarily have to do with applying. It does work for applying, though. So that's a great tip. Everyone highly recommend that. Also, back to the Common App discussion here. We're very good at getting sidetracked. Thank you, audience, for being with us. For Common App, there is sometimes, not always, but a good portion of the time, a delay from downloading from the Common App server, getting to the school server, and then the school server downloading it type of deal. I don't know all the fancy talk, but I do work in the office where they run the admissions and they run like your applications and I read them all. And so I know sometimes it's easier and if you really don't like the way applying on individual school websites is just quicker in the sense of it doesn't go through like three systems to get to us whereas common app does take three-ish systems don't quote me don't know the exact amount here people but i know when our workers who write grade the applications well they don't grade them but they read them they are usually like they applied two weeks ago they'll call and be like we applied two weeks ago but we hadn't even gotten it yet because of the common app whereas our website goes directly from the website to us so it's a delay sometimes. I'm going to add something. It's kind of off topic coming up, but just in general, you had said something about um, like getting calls about applications. Sometimes if you don't hear back within like a two week span, it's probably because we are missing something from you. So that could be like a transcript or we're waiting for more material to admit you. So uh, if you don't get a response back in two weeks, you can always call our admissions office or any admissions office to see why it's taking a little bit longer because most of the time when it comes to that you are missing some materials so always be aware of that yeah and for us we have an application portal and it will give you a red x it's not huge but it is a red x that says x transcripts that means send in your transcripts or we didn't receive them if you thought you sent them in and that's a great way to check Personally, because I get a lot of these phone calls, I highly recommend checking your portal first and seeing if it tells you any information. And then if you don't understand it or it didn't say anything, please call us. I love answering the phone and I love helping you guys. 
But if you can check it on yourself, it just saves us both the searching the same website, and you're going to have to go through that section to send in your transcript anyways. But thank you for bringing that up. Help uh, us help you. Help us yes. help you. It saves you some time, too, because you're just going to wait on the phone while we search the same yep. thing you could have searched. And the other thing is, this year we got so many applications. It was, I don't think we've ever hit that number. Don't, not 100% sure, but You're my boss just said we're 28% up in applications. Way to go, admissions. Whoop, Good whoop. job, all of our tour guides. Whoop. Thank you. Shout out, Fetty. But, uh, so sometimes you're going to call universities, and I feel like even more so smaller universities, and you're going to be like, it's taken two weeks. Where's my thing? I already sent in everything. We have three people who really read through the applications at the start, and so sometimes they just need a week. So please, if we're saying, like, it's processing, it might take one more week, please don't get mad at us. They are working overtime. They come in. I know one of them came in at, like, 5 a.m. for, like, a whole week straight trying to get through them. So please keep your patient pants on, as Jason said, and wait with us because we want you to know just as bad as you want to know. Okay, Megan, we love to end our our podcast with the same question. So if you had one piece of advice for high school students, what would that be? And what is the best part of college? Okay, uh, advice for high schoolers going into college probably be to always get involved, whether that's a club or a job. Um, you always make the best friends from that. I can totally preach to that one. I have made so many close friends from working in tours. Um, and just getting involved in general also looks good on any like future applications for like a job or any other groups too that may have an application to get involved with them. But always get involved whether, like I said, job, group, anything. It just makes for good friends and good things in the future. Thank you. Do you have a, what's the best part of college? Oh yeah, the best part of college? Probably actually being an adult and like living on my own and, you know, being an adult. I don't have to live with my parents all the time and I'm actually like cooking for myself and, you know, doing things on my own. <laughs> you learn a lot about yourself yeah. when you have to cook for yourself. It takes, yes. It takes a special kind of patience with it really your own does. self it really to does. be like, I burnt seven eggs. Yes. Let's try the eighth. Yep. Eggs are cheap. <laughs> it's okay. That's okay. <laughs> And thank you, Megan, for being with yeah. us. Thank you to our listeners for staying for the whole episode. We also want to thank the SVSU Technical Writing Department for allowing us to use their podcasting studio and equipment. The PTW major has many avenues, including journalism, broadcasting, editing, software development, and usability studies. Thank you.